Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 20 of Dad College. My name is Cam, and I am, of course, joined by Dad of the Decade, Dad of the Century, Dad of the Millennia, Mr. David J. Hogue. Good evening, sir. Ooh, good evening. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I am what the French call a certain uh, très bien. Très bien. <laughs> Very good. Indeed. Glad to hear that. Uh, we're back. Yeah. So, so a few things have changed since last time we've recorded. <laughs> yeah, nothing major. Yeah. So last time we recorded, um, I wasn't moving. My house wasn't for sale. My wife and child were not in a different state. <laughs> but uh, as of this recording, all of the things have happened. Uh, my house was for sale. My house was sold. My wife and child are now in a different state. And I will be joining them here in a few weeks. So... Dadding has been very different the past couple of weeks. Well, the past month and a half, really. Focusing on prepping the house, painting, moving, loading a van, moving my family nine hours away, eight hours. And then coming back to like the most bachelor pad of bachelor pads. Like I, <laughs> legit, I feel like I'm squatting in someone else's home while they're on vacation. Like it could be a reality TV show. I'm sleeping on an air mattress. All I have is like a pot, a pan, two forks, a plate, my computer at a desk and like four pairs of clothes. So you literally don't even have a chair to sit in. Oh no, you have a chair at the desk. I do have one chair at the desk, but like no furniture as it were. So like no couch, no chair, nothing like my only comfortable thing to sit in is my air mattress, which is stretching the word comfortable to well, uncomfortable areas. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's been real interesting. And, and the desk where my computer is and my air mattress are all in the living room, which is right when you walk in the house. And because we got new carpet in the bedrooms and I don't want to touch those unless I absolutely <laughs> have to. So yeah, you walk in the house, the entire house is vacant except for this one room where there's, you know, this air mattress and a computer desk. And it's like, well, either this guy's trying to become a streamer on a really low budget or he's running some real shady websites. <laughs> well, the first is the case, but not, yes. not the latter. But anyways, yeah, it's all that to say. Uh, it is good to finally get back to recording episodes. We haven't recorded, I feel like, in probably a month and a half. I just recorded another show with a buddy today for the first time in a month and a half as well. So... A little bit of that too. It's just summertime. Well, it's summertime. Yeah. So there's a number of factors, but it just, it feels good to get back into the swing of, you know, doing what me and you enjoy doing, which is hanging out and talking into the microphone, talking into nice microphones. (laughs) So, yeah. So dadding has been different via FaceTime. I get to, I get to be a dad for like five minutes a day. Oh gosh. Yeah, that is very weird. And there's milestones happening for you as you're away. And yeah, my kid's talking now. It sucks. I mean, it's great for her, but not being there. <laughs> uh, so like we FaceTimed yesterday or the day before. Like I said, the day I'm working super weird hours and um, I had a dream that my daughter, who's she's 21 months now, um, just like all of a sudden started talking. I was like, hi daddy, how are you? Was like what happened in the dream. And it freaked me out. And so I told my wife this and she goes, yeah. So, um, she says, I want this and I want that. And please now, and like, what? 
<laughs> like she's been able to say please with sign language before, but she's never once uttered the word please. And so we were on FaceTime today during lunch because I worked super early. And so she was in her high chair and she was getting fed and she wanted more food. And they're like, okay, say please. And she just went, peas, I want that. And I didn't know how to, um, what's the word, process mm-hmm. the fact that my kid is like, that's a complex sentence for not a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. So it's just weird. Like, and then I know there's, there's, you know, loads and loads to go, but it's just like, holy crap. <laughs> and then she looked at me on the phone and she went, dada, and waved to me. And I'm just like, oh, like. She could say dada before, but it was never like a recognition. It was like, hey, say dada. She'd say it. But today it was a total recognition of, oh, you're my dad. Hi, dada. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy Moses. I've been, it's been a week and a half since I've seen them. And in that week and a half, she has just all, the, I mean, like I said, she still has potty training and a full, oh, vo- yeah. full vocabulary to come. But just the, the change in a week and a half of not being around her every day and being her being that comfortable to just do that. It's like, it feels like it's been a year. Yeah. So yeah. So some milestones. Um, yeah. It's weird being a dad in a different state. Yeah. Well, that's it's, true. Cause like I go home and like I said, I feel like I'm squatting in someone's house while they're on vacation. So like, I don't, there's no level of comfort or familiar, even though it's a house I've lived in for six years. Like it just doesn't feel like my house anymore. And then knowing that like my, my wife is with our child and they're establishing this new home in her hometown with her parents around. And it's like, like I feel like I'm missing out yeah. on some like really key stuff and it sucks to be the dad and be like, not in the picture, but really wanting to be in the picture. Mm-hmm. But knowing that what I'm doing now is important because I'm here because I'm working right and making money that's going to, you know, so like there's that the juggling of, yeah, it sucks not being around. And the fact that my kid is not going to see me for a couple of weeks and my wife, I'm not going to see my wife for a few weeks, but at the same time, it's like, this is necessary. Right. So it's just weird. You know, like there are a lot of dads who aren't in the picture because they don't want to be. And then there are other dads that want to be in the picture that can't be because of work mm-hmm. or other, yeah. you know, circumstances that just don't allow for it. And like, I'll never compare myself to a military guy. Right. Because that is not, I'm here. I work in a coffee shop. (laughs) Like it's not even comparable. Um, but you know, to not be around for the three or four weeks because of money Mm -hmm. is a really stupid thing in my opinion. Like it, it, the, the trade-off in my, in in what I value spending time with my family where we're going to move in, you know, kind of build our life. Versus staying where we used to be to make $11 an hour. Like in my brain, that's not even a trade-off worth making. But because of the world we live in, it has to be. Yeah. Bills don't get paid on goodwill and loving your child. Right. They get paid on the amount in your bank account. Yeah. So. Well, and there's even a little bit too of you just, like you said, you just put your house on the market and good for you. It sold relatively fast. Well, extremely fast. Extreme, <laughs> but but at the same time, you can't. You kind of had to make sort of plans of like it may not sell. That it may fast. not. Yeah. I may have to fix some things or things. I may, you know. So even that played into yeah. So yeah, like I'm super super grateful that it sold super fast and that the close is going to happen really quick and all that stuff. But 
man, it just, I never want to be in a position again where I have to sacrifice, especially at like this stage in her life where so much is happening, being away solely for the purpose of money. Like if it was like, oh, I'm going to be away for two weeks because I'm traveling to Antarctica to film a documentary. Okay. (laughs) No, I'm just working at a coffee shop and sleeping on air mattress in Kansas. Like there's a trade off there to be like no shade towards where we live, but Antarctica, it is not right. You know, it is not an exotic locale. Um, so yeah, there, there's that. Um, but it's just been interesting. Like, you know, even wondering, like she's with mom and grandma and grandpa. Is there a bad cop there? (laughs) Probably not. Nope. Not at all. You know, so it's like, what am I going to have to break when I get there? What habits? But then at the same time, it's like she's being totally cared for and loved. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm going through all of these emotions and thoughts throughout the day and like only getting to, to really talk to her and my wife for like 10 minutes tops a day. It's weird. Yeah. Anyways, I did not expect to spend 10 minutes on that. (laughs) Well, you know, the other thing, not to go on another tangent of just that. I'm having this realization that Kendi's basically going to grow up with FaceTiming being a normal thing. Oh like, yeah, absolutely. Where, you know, mm-hmm. that's relatively new. And even, I even think a lot of, even some of the older people don't like to use it. Yeah. You know, like the whole being able to see the person I'm calling is, is awkward. It's weird. I don't do it. It's, it's reserved for just special occasions. Whereas Hmm. I wonder for somebody like Kennedy, if that will just be a normal interaction. Yeah. So there's been a few times in the past few uh, half year where I've been at the airport and I've seen, they were all like in their twenties and they were all women mm-hmm. and the entire time they were on the phone, they were on FaceTime. And th- but they're not necessarily like, like truly FaceTiming. Like sometimes like, they were, but yeah, sometimes it was just pointed wherever and they yeah, were just talking and that my girls do that. But I was just like, that is really interesting. I would never think to like call you on FaceTime. Oh, I know. Yeah. We would just have a phone conversation you know, this woman and, and be it another woman or a man that she's talking with the FaceTime, it's just like, they'll look at each other and then she'll show them like the ceiling or up her nose. And then, you know, but like they're talking the whole time on video FaceTime. Yeah. That's in, in fact, I, I, I had quite the opposite. I accidentally FaceTimed another Sergeant the other day on the phone and he's it's, it's the Clem guy, the uh, complete yes. law enforcement <laughs> machine. Um, and like, it's like such I'm, a good name. I, so I hit, FaceTime to, to call him and I'm truly like in my car going, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. And, uh, so, you know, I stopped it and then I call him and he just like the first words out of his mouth were don't ever FaceTime me. <laughs> that, you know, kind of dry Clint Eastwood <laughs> sort of. You feel lucky. And, and it's truly like one of those deals where like I'm on the other end wanting to like go, no, it was an accident. I really yeah. hit it. And you're oh, just like, yeah, it's so not even funny. worth trying to. Don't ever FaceTime me. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, what were we going to talk about this I episode? I don't really remember, but. 
I feel like we were going to talk about bullying and other parents telling you how to do your job. I think. Yeah. I mean, if I can put it bluntly. Um, so you brought up bullying. Mm-hmm. What specifically do you want to talk about? Because I feel like that conversation can go 17 different ways. It, it can go 17 different ways. And I suppose my, my gut just sort of is, well, I, I, I see it two ways. I, I kind of feel like everybody's bullied at some point in their life, whether you are a cool kid, not a cool kid. Like, I feel like bullying was just a part of growing up. And, and I, w- I don't even know that I would have totally called what, what happened is bullying. Uh, I feel like sometimes you were the one getting made fun of. And then there was other times that. You were the one making. Fun I was of making it, yeah. fun of people. So, okay, I'm going to interrupt. And I never once when I got bullied felt like I needed to run home and say, mom, the kids are picking on me. So. Agreed. But can we define what we mean by bullying? Because that, I think, is going to set a standard for the rest of the conversation. Because I feel like it could be a number of different things. And I guess that's where I feel like I do think bullying happens. I do believe that it's wrong. But I feel like it's anything that anybody ever... I mean, because kids are mean. I mean, that's just the god-awful truth. Especially middle schoolers. Yeah. and so. Um, to me, bullying is truly this, um, you are singling somebody out over a significant amount of time and there's, there's a significant sort of source as to why you are, are, are picking on this other kid in terms of, I do remember kids with special needs being picked on when we were in school. And I would call that bullying. So it's, it's someone picking on somebody else, usually for something they can't control. Right. Right. Oh, I'm going to pick on you cause you're a redhead. Well, gee, I picked that color. Yeah. Or I'm going to pick on you cause you're fat or cause you're tall or because you're ugly, like things that we can't control. Right. right. Which I always find very interesting. Like we don't, tend to make fun of people for like decisions they actually make. Like when you genuinely pick on somebody, it's usually for something they have no control over, right. which is super messed up. Yep. Like if you think about the things that people get picked on for, right. It's usually decisions they don't get to make. I would agree. And then like you get, you, you, you take that and you ramp it up to like racism or sexism. Mm hmm. No one chooses to be right. white or black or Latino or Asian or however, you know, we're classifying race in, you know, the next 20 years. Like you're born how you're born, whether you're tall, short, fat, skinny, freckled, redheaded, like whatever other category you want to throw people in. You know, you could even bring in like, are you gay or bi or like anything like that. But those are the things we gravitate towards when we pick on people. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, if you're making fun of their sports allegiance, like that's a choice and you can rib each other evenly Mm -hmm. and there's a game to decide who wins. But it's like, I'm picking on you because you're tall and gangly. Uh, yeah, sure. Because this was my decision. Mm -hmm. Like, I, yeah, it's just that has always been very interesting to me. Right. 
what we choose to make fun of people for. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was brought up, you know, kind of the whole, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. Uh, I was also taught that, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. But they really will. But they will. And, you know, I, I do even recall just an element of, even as a kid, if you got picked on and you could shake it off, then you didn't get picked on anymore. But if there was an element of like, if you showed weakness, oh, yeah. then the other kids smelled the blood in the water. Vultures it, on, it, the, it, on the prey, man. It, and it was on. And so I guess kind of just, just the topic that for me in terms of bullying is, have we become overly sensitive? Are we, are we casting too broad of a definition when it comes to bullying? Do we need to do a better job of telling our kids, you know, and I don't want to negate it because it hurts to have somebody call you names and make fun of you. Yeah. And there's, there's like the scenarios where like what some people call bullying is just kids being mean. Mm -hmm. And there's other scenarios where it is actual assault, like emotional assault. And so what I want to make sure our conversation is, is not pushing those two things together. And I think we're on the same page Mm -hmm. here, but for the listeners benefit, this is such a hot button topic and there, there is so much, um, opinion and emotion laced into this conversation that I want the listeners to know that like in our conversation and in our understanding, we are, we are separating the actual emotional and sometimes physical assault that happens from just the kids being mean to each other thing. To me, those are two separate things. Mm -hmm. I think the first one, the emotional and verbal and even physical assault, 100% is not okay. And that is the sort of bullying that, you know, needs to be addressed more so than just a couple of 13 year olds being jerks. And I think there's a difference there. And if I'm wrong, no, I do too. But I think that oftentimes that latter part, the kids just being mean gets lumped in with the actual trauma. Yeah. And I don't think that should be done. I think if we're going to have an honest conversation about bullying and about uh, emotional health and about raising children to be functional adults in society, there has to be a separation between the actual bullcrap and life. Right. And I think that latter part of just kids being mean to each other is life. But I think the physical and verbal and emotional assault that happens, that's a different story. Like that needs to be addressed. And so I just wanted to lay that platform before we got any further in the conversation, because people can react to this sort of stuff in many, many ways for many, many reasons. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to clarify. Yeah. So anyways. So and I, the other thing I think that regardless of whether we're, whichever one we are talking about, because I don't think either is okay. There's an element of, we need to teach our kids to be resilient and we need to instill, um, grit into our kids. If you look at what makes somebody successful in life, it's generally not being overly talented. It's not about being smart. It really is about being resilient. It's about having grit. It's about being tenacious. It's about Mm -hmm. working hard at what you want. Again, I don't want to negate that those things are mean, they are harmful, and they can have 
because uh, I'm sure every one of us has like stories of things that come back to us in childhood about, well, this is when I was bullied or picked on and it, it bothered me for a long time. Even if that's true, I think we need to teach our kids that that person is a small person and you need to learn to not allow that to define you, overly affect you, and you need to rise above it. Right. And, and I think in a number of circumstances, that conversation works great. But and, um, I can't believe I'm actually taking this stance in this argument, which is weird <laughs> to me. But like, like, I think, yes, we need to teach our kids that that sort of crap is going to happen and that, yes, they're small people. And to your point, yes, grit and determination and tenacity and hard work are going to overcome many more obstacles than just being smart. Mm -hmm. uh, does being smart help? Or being yeah. popular. Yeah. Well, especially that because that you could be popular today and, you know, the you know, ooh, leper unclean the next day, mm -hmm. depending on, you know, what you wear or whatever. Um, but. So how do I even want to say this? Okay. So yeah. So I agree with you to that point. And I think that you might agree with me in this next point. Like there, there is, there is a discussion for how to handle social interactions with people your own age or older that don't go well. Mm -hmm. Like that is its own category. And then there's the category of how to handle social interactions when the person you're dealing with is an absolute creep or jerk or just a plain asshole. Mm-hmm. And is doing harmful things to you on purpose. Right. That's a separate category. And that's where I feel like, I feel like that's actual bullying. The rest is just learning how to live life with people that are broken. Yes. And I would agree. And, and so, yeah. So I, like, I hate to keep drawing lines here and I feel like I'm being like the referee, which I just, I is not my personality, but <laughs> again, like this is just such a, Everyone has 900 opinions on this. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I would agree 100%. If we are raising children, that we want to have them grow up to be positive contributors to, to society and pushers of positive culture and, and people that are going to shape the world for our grandchildren, then, yeah, they need to understand how to handle conflict mm -hmm. and how to handle praise which a lot of people don't know how to handle That's true. and too. how to navigate the social waters of not everyone's going to like you. You mm -hmm. may be, you may be pretty and smart and athletic, and that's going to piss off this group of people. You may be dumb and unathletic, and that's going to make you the butt of these people's joke. Like everyone has their scenario where they're going to have to deal with anger or hate or from somebody. Like no one goes through life unscathed. Right. Right. So like we as parents need to help our children understand they are valuable. They are important. They have a purpose in the world. And because of that, you're going to make other people jealous or angry or um, you're going to irritate that. And it's no fault of your own. It's just people. That's just how people are. Mm -hmm. um, and so they need to be prepared for how to handle that. But at the same time, but we also have to prepare them for what happens when that social interaction turns super negative, right? Mm -hmm. There's, there is the abuse, there is the, you know, verbal, emotional, physical, 
Am I making sense? Yeah. I feel like I'm repeating myself, which I always hate doing, but I feel like I do all the time, but I don't know. So with that, I'm going to repeat something that we have said before on this show is that you need to be talking with your kids and having conversations with your kids. And so I think that's one of the first things is to listen when your kids come to you about something like this and then sort of help them navigate what is bullying, what is just kids being mean, and when is this something that, okay, a teacher needs to step in, a parent needs to step in, or this is just something that you need to handle on your own. And I I don't like drawing stereotypes, particularly when it comes to uh, generations. Uh, but they well, exist for a reason. They, they exist for a reason. And, and I've recently found myself to be a little bit, um, we just had a new family move in across the street from us this summer and they have three young boys and they are outside playing all the time. And there are suddenly like a dozen kids that in this neighborhood that I had no idea even existed that are outside playing with these boys because these boys are outside playing. So well, good for them for bucking the trend. Yeah. They ride bikes. They, I, I mean, it's just so, in fact, it's probably one of those things I need to go over there and tell the parents, I appreciate you, <laughs> uh, your, your kids being outside and playing like they are. I just remember that being something that was normal for us. When I say us kids in the neighborhood growing up 40 some years ago, uh, not even that old. My neighborhood, we played street hockey, we played basketball, we played cops and robbers. Like we were outside. I mean, sure, we played video games, but right. we were outside a ton. And if a problem came up, did you go get a parent to fix it? Up until a certain point, and then we just fought. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I mean. There yeah. kind of was like you. Yeah. Learned- up until about middle school, and then we just got in a fight, and yeah. that solved it. And I got in one fight and me and the dude both got punched in the face really hard. And we're like, yeah, we're good. This isn't happening again. I don't like it. Turns out getting punched in the face sucks. Yeah. And we both hit each other real hard in the face. And we're like, yeah, we're good. All right. (laughs) Like we were never really friends after that, but like no fights happened. Yeah. Like everyone was like, yeah, we'll work this out. (laughs) Cause that looked like it sucked. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it did. It hurt real bad. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I do remember there being conflict over things, um, even in elementary school and us as a group of kids, we would work things out and the parents didn't come and referee for us. We really, you know, and, and, and even in that, there were kind of kids that were the leaders and, mm-hmm. uh, so I think Part of this is, is I think we need to not have such a all encompassing definition of bullying. We need to help our kids see that. And, but, but at the same time, there, there is this, that is bullying and it needs to be addressed and we're not going to let that go on. And I can think of particularly when it came to being in the school and in the hallways and particularly junior high where you, you get even worse and there's a little bit more freedom in terms of walking from class to class of kids being picked on and truly being bullied mm-hmm. that when I think about that, I'm like, that's just awful that we did that. And even if it, you know, 
I wasn't bullying. I certainly laughed at kids being bullied. I certainly laughed at, you know, things that were done to, you know, nerdy kids, to awkward kids, kids that didn't fit in, kids that smelled, kids that, you know, whatever it is. Um, but I would just, I, I would encourage parents to be involved with their kids. And I would also encourage them to maybe be a little bit old school when it comes to this stuff and just say, yeah, that's, that's terrible. And that's not the way you should treat another human being. Let's move on. Let's not dwell on this unless it becomes a constant problem. And then we'll, uh, we'll deal with it. Yeah. So, okay. I'm going to throw an idea out there. Mm-hmm. And believe me when I say this is 100% idea and not something that I've landed on. Um, I wonder, and I'm, I'm almost even afraid to say this because I feel like I'm going to get a lot of backlash for it, but that's why I <laughs> proceeded with this is idea, not, not, you know, fact or, or even, you know, like philosophy. How much of the TV shows that have been popular in the recent years, Glee, Riverdale, um, I can't even, I don't watch them because they're all terrible, but like where it makes bullying the norm, Mm -hmm. how much of that is influencing the actual actions of teenagers today? And I I don't know if there's a clear answer to that or if there's even a correlation, but like I look at, I look at the TV shows that are out there, like 13 reasons why. And how that like, you know, glorifies teen suicide or whatever. Mm. And that's the argument versus the argument is like, no, we're just bringing reality to TV. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, how much is TV influencing reality here? Mm. And how much is, is, you know, the, you know, the shows like Glee where they're pitting the jocks against the, uh, the theater kids. And there's always the one football player who stands up and is like, no, we can all be friends. And, you know, <laughs> oh, you're gay. And, oh, I'm a jock. And I hate you. And the football coach won't start the choir kid because he's in choir. He's your best player, you idiot. Put him on. Like, anyways, so there's just there's just been this trend, especially in like high school aged, you know, drama TV shows and movies where they're perpetuating the norm is conflict everywhere Mm -hmm. and we all can't get along and you're a jock and you're a goth and you're a you know a nerd and you're whatever like how much of that is perpetuating what existed when we were that age and making it worse because the media says it should be this way the gays should not be accepted and you can't be on the football team and be in choir why not when i was in high school Two of our starting linemen were were starting linemen on the football team and were main parts of the male choir. Not a problem. Yeah. No one cared. Not a single person cared that they were in choir on the football team. It wasn't a big deal. And maybe that was just now where we lived. Race was an issue. It wasn't what club you were part of. It was what color your skin was. So maybe we had a whole different glitch. I mean, we had a glitch for sure. Yeah. But so I, 
and this might just be like me being, oh, when I was a kid, man, that wasn't, a, you know. Right. So I'm, I'm trying to be very uh, loose with this. But I, I often wonder, like, how much does the media and, you know, the TV shows and YouTube tell kids this is what is normal and reinforce the bull crap so that it actually does become normal where these kids live, mm-hmm. where it wouldn't have been a problem otherwise. And maybe, maybe I'm building smoke where I want a fire to be, or, or maybe I'm right. I, I genuinely don't know. Like, this is one of those things I would love feedback on, but like, that's where my brain goes is when I see this stuff on television and I'm just like, that does not make sense with anything I grew up with. And I'm, I'm 31. I graduated <laughs> high school in 2004. So I am one of the last high school classes to graduate high school without Facebook. Oh, yeah. Facebook came along when I was in college. So I'm one of, I am one of the last within two or three years graduating classes of high school that made it all the way through school without social media. So obviously things have changed a lot as far as like accessibility and uh, availability and um, all of that is concerned with, with kids on, you know, social media. But so I could just be missing the boat big time here. Um, But this, this is the sort of stuff that I'm really interested in the sociology of how this all interacts, what pushes, what does reality push TV and social media or does social media and reality push real life or social media and TV push real life? Like, and you, and you even go to like, um, the, the, uh, political acceptance of same sex marriage on TV and in the media it's pushed and then it becomes reality. And how are those things interlinked? Yeah. And I mean, that, that's a, that's a, 80 year, you know, process in, in the United States of having it become accepted. And then so much so that it's a cultural wave and then it gets picked up on TV as normal. And then it becomes legislated. And I'm just trying to figure out what the mechanism is here. Yeah. So, um, one of my first thoughts is, is overcoming the bully or like a David and Goliath sort of story. I think has always been the underdog, you know, especially oh, as Americans. everyone loves the story. Yeah. We love the underdogs. And so I think, um, for a long time, that was the, the storyline was sort of the underdog rising up against an actual bully. So I think that the storyline was the underdog overcoming the bully. And, you know, I, Think about the movie Grease that was popular in the late seventies. And there was definitely the different groups, but even in that there really wasn't like this bullying. It was sort of, you were in your group and you did your thing. And I, you know, I, I hate picking on the show Glee, but as you're, as you, as you were talking about that and you're mentioning it, there really is just this this negativity, this animosity that didn't really exist not that long ago. And even in that show, some of the teachers are kind of the antagonist of, of those. 
Yeah. So there's there's a new a newer show. You remember how I met your mother? Mm-hmm. The guy that plays Ted is the main like guy, mm-hmm. and he's a high school theater director, and he's trying to push the boundaries of mm-hmm. what they can do in high school theater. And like, of course, the star of the show, the star male of the show, is also like the stud five star recruit quarterback, and the football coach's daughter is in the choir, but he benches the star quarterback of his high school football team to make a point. Who in the world would bench a five-star recruit because he's in choir? Are you kidding me? Like the whole premise of the show is ludicrous to me. Yeah. And and so I, I guess I'm, I'm in agreement with you of, I, I feel like there is this, it's been elevated to like this level that it really never was because as you were saying, I think about back in high school and while there were groups and there were, it was never like the football team was picking on the choir kids or. I mean, you'd have it in like spurts, but it wasn't like a gang mentality. Yeah, Yeah. It wasn't jets versus sharks every day at lunch. It was like, these kids are dicks. And so they're going to be mean. But the rest of us are like, whatever. Like, yeah, we might make fun of each other in passing, but like it was never mean spirited. It was just like, you're into that and we're into this. Leave us alone. And then you'd always have that one group that was causing trouble. Right. But there's always people that cause trouble. Yeah. And there's always people that are like, we're cool. I, I just, I don't get the heightened, the heightened uh, sense of. Us versus of them. Like, and- yeah. That, that um, like tribe mentality it's almost like the theater kids have grown up and now they're making the tv shows uh, i don't so know if i'd go that far because see that's <laughs> just there's, you're putting there's people bit, there's a little bit of sarcasm yeah. in my voice when i was saying yeah. that so yeah i just yeah. i i guess my experience and my experience is not um universal and like I'm a white dude from a well-to-do suburb. Mm-hmm. So like clearly my experience is not universal and, and I can learn from a lot of other people's experience, but like people are people, man. Mm-hmm. And if they're, if they're dicks in high school, they're going to be dicks when they're adults. And if they're compassionate in high school, they're going to be compassionate as adults. Yeah. Um, and I guess as a dad, like I'm going to have to bleep a lot of, dicks in this episode <laughs> <laughs> boop, boop. um like I, I guess i guess what it comes to for me is like regardless of how you know television or movies or the media is painting what is reality which in a country like ours that is so big and so diverse and so culturally different from region to region about what is normal mm-hmm. painting a picture of normal is ludicrous to me mm-hmm. this is what high school is like no I mean, your high school could have 300 people or 3000. Mm-hmm. You could have all white farm kids, or you could have lots of low income kids, or you could have the full spec. Like, the fact that that's even tried to be done in the media until is stupid to me because yeah. there's so many different experiences. But I guess I come to this as like, as a dad, like what do, what do I want my child to understand as a middle schooler and a high schooler? Like what is, what is lifelong important? What is just get you through the next two years important mm-hmm. and what is how you treat people. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like those are different lessons based on the context you're in for a little bit. Right. You know, so there's the, this is how you deal with kids that are jerks. This is how you deal with kids that are different than you. Mm-hmm. Lots of compassion. And this is 
what I want to prepare you for, for when you're an adult. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like that should really change a whole lot based on where we live. Like you want to be compassionate and you want to be kind and you want to show grace, but you also want to stand up to the people that are trying to step on you. And then as an adult, this is how you want to contribute to society. Mm -hmm. And this is the crap you can put up with. This is the crap that you don't put up with. Mm -hmm. And this is how you stand up for yourself and defend yourself. I don't know. I'm probably super oversimplifying it. (laughs) You know, my kid is not even two yet. So I clearly have much experience and wisdom and stuff to gain. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, maybe what I said was totally pointless and useless because of my lack of experience, but I don't know. That's, am I, do I make sense? You make sense. Do I sound Uh, stupid? No, you don't sound (laughs) stupid. So I, I will, I will on this topic, I will kind of, um, for me, leave it here and even kind of say to be continued uh, so have a daughter that's in college, have a daughter that's going to be a senior in high school. And I would say the most difficult moments for them came from the hurtful things that their closest friends said and did to them. Mm-hmm. And bullying really wasn't the issue. Well, that makes a million percent sense. Sure. And... um and so it's kind of that navigating, um, you know, from one, a Christian worldview that, um, people are sinners, they're selfish and they're going to do those things. Um, my oldest daughter has since learned that there is a whole world outside of the small town in Kansas that we live in and that, uh, the relationships that are truly important are still there and the relationships that weren't so important have gone to the wayside. Uh, my daughter who is a senior in high school is still kind of in the throes of that. And I think has seen the glimpse, especially from going to summer camp of who she knows she wants to be around and who she wants to spend her life with and have Mm -hmm. as her inner circle. But when she comes back from camp, you know, life is not camp. (laughs) And so this is true. Um, has the ins and outs of dealing with friends. And then and so, so, so I think that's probably the, even beyond bullying, you got to help your kids navigate those relationships and the friendships and the people, as we know, the people that you're closest to and you love the most are probably the ones that are going to hurt you the worst. Yeah. And then our son will be, uh, is now in sixth grade. He's going to be 12 in like two days. Um, he's black. He's adopted. He has cerebral palsy and he was not born in this country. And I think about what it would have been like for Wilby to be in sixth grade when I was in sixth grade. And I think he probably would have been picked on. And I don't even think I would say bullying. I just think he's, he would be different enough and weird enough that people would not necessarily like him. And Thus far in our little tiny town in Kansas, he has been embraced at a level that I never would have imagined based on my life growing up to the point where my wife and I have considered moving so he can experience a world, quote unquote, where there's more people like him 
But we've been like, no, I think we need to stay because of the way he is loved on by his peers. And again, this is to be continued. So I'm a bit, my, my cynicism is, is showing through here. But I, I have just time and time again, just been truly impressed with the kids uh, that he goes to school with and how they love on him and how they accept him and how they always seem to manage to include a kid that is um, a wonderful, beautiful soul, but is definitely different mm-hmm. and have continued to make him feel involved. And, you know, my wife and I have had conversations where we wonder, is the gap going to become greater as he goes on? Mm-hmm. Or is it he's known these kids since he was little? Yeah. And they're going to continue to kind of protect him and, you know, be um, compassionate towards him and even kind of have that special place for him because of who he is and what he means in their life. And, you know, only time will tell. I, I am truly optimistic that the, the better will happen, because when we talk about leaving, we just go, boy, the friends that he has in this town uh, are going to be hard to replicate, given that he's borderline awkward teenager now. So. <laughs> So anyway, so, so there's an element of, while I feel like we need to tell, tell our kids to buck up and not feel like we're being bullied all the time, I do think that, you know, 40 years removed from when I was a, not quite 40 years removed from when I was a sixth grader, I do think that in terms of being different, uh, kids are far more accepting than they were almost four decades ago. So. Well, I'll take your word on that. Okay. So again, to be continued, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we're, we're at a good stopping point. Are we? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're, we're like, I don't know, a few minutes past a good stopping point. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> anyways. Um, well, that was an interesting conversation. We didn't even get to what we thought would be our second yeah. conversation. So that'll have to be a different episode. Um, yeah. So here's the deal. Listeners, dads, or, you know, other folks listening. This is a conversation, right? Like this is ideas. This is thoughts. This is not us telling you how to live life. This is. This is us, me and Dave as friends, talking and throwing things out there and saying what we think, but knowing that we could be wrong. And to that extent, I would invite you, if you have listened this far, um, clearly you're interested in in the topic of being a dad, maybe specifically in this topic of, of how to handle, you know, uh, bullying and, and, and that sort of stuff hit us up on Twitter email and let us know what you think. Like, where do we screw up? What do you agree with? What thoughts do you have that we didn't even like touch upon? Um, so in the show notes, which you can find in your podcast app of choice, if you're li- listening on your mobile device, or you can go to supermegacorp.net slash dad college slash 20, 20 for this episode. Um, Everything will be there. There'll be links to Dave's Twitter, to my Twitter, to our email. Um, so you have the option of, of tweeting at us or sending us a private email. Like we, we want to know, we want to know what you think. We want to know your perspective, your experience. 
um, because this is not me and Dave teaching you how to be a dad. This is me and dad, me and dad, me, oh gosh, <laughs> Freudian slip, me and Dave having a conversation about how to be a dad, knowing full well that we can learn a lot from other people. Absolutely. So that being said, check out the show notes and get in touch if you so desire. And um, thanks to Katie, Wilby, and Rachel for their continued, uh, freakishly long continued Patreon support. <laughs> There'll be a link in the show notes to our Patreon as well. And um, if you want to leave a review on iTunes, man, that'd be awesome. Yeah, appreciate but until it. Until next time, be good, and we'll be back later. Bye. Bye.